0: This guy, that guy, and this other guy, in. You've seen that laser shot a few times already this year from
1: Brock Besserit. He's got himself a Head up all the way. Head up, head up, head up. Take a look. and then you can hear the paint. The shooter's paint. next shot. Not the talent. Kendrick.
0: Oh. Back for Daniel. Let's go. He scores! The Area 51 Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to this week's Area 51 Hockey Podcast. A uh, quick shout-out before we start. We'd like to thank Chris Faber for guesting each of us on his Canucks Conversation Podcast. Definitely go check him out. He does great work. Um, the big news of the day is Gusev is a New Jersey Devil, and as a Canucks fan, I want to cry. What do you guys think?
2: I'm... <laughs> I, I knew that there was really no hope in getting Goosev as a Kanak fan but man that didn't stop me from hoping like, and it I, only
1: cost it only costs a second and a third like that's that's not a lot it's not a lot see that's
2: a that's a thing it's like okay these type of players that are really hot like low risk high reward are exactly the type of players you need to go after as a general manager exactly yeah. like you need to be blowing Vegas's phone up To think
1: that they overpaid for Thomas Tatar at the deadline uh, for a first, second, and a third, (laughs) and then they give away uh, Gusev for a second and a third, like, that's just highway robbery.
2: Like, the the saving grace, I guess, for Vegas is, like, they got Gusev for practically nothing, right? Mm -hmm. From Tampa. But, like, when you have a guy like that, and you're so up against the cap, why is he the casualty like four and a half million that's abdulcator money yeah. With, like and it's two years like it's not like he wanted this extravagant long-term like max deal like he he wanted what i would consider to be pretty fair value for for gusev and like they, they've got ryan reeves they've got holden they've got uh, all sorts of these other guys that are making like two three mil that to me would be the casualties first before you'd give up on before a guy. before before you give as up on as him. Gusev. Agreed.
0: Yeah,
1: before you give up on him like, definitely.
0: Ryan Reeves is thirty two and he makes two point two seven five mil.
1: No, yeah. Like,
0: right? You can't trade that contract to a a team that's willing to take that contract on for a You're just like a bad GM. Yeah.
2: Well and like all like I, I love Ryan Reeves. I love his style. I love what he brings to the a team and their game. But he's overpaid. And so you have a guy that brings kind of one element to your team that you could get in other elements that you currently already have on your team. And instead of adding and injecting more skill into an already insanely skilled lineup, you kept him and Holden over a guy like Gusev. And I, I don't know, I just, I, it doesn't make sense to me. He fits really well in New Jersey, though. I got to give him that. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: He's
2: a great fit in New Jersey.
1: Uh, New Jersey and New York just really went for it this year to like add things that are going to try and help them make the playoffs. Like oh. they they really turned their teams around in the last
0: two years. Oh, the arms race It's crazy right
2: now. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a full blown Manhattan arms race out there, and it's awesome. I can't wait to see that rivalry at work.
1: Wow. I actually would love to go out to a game. Uh maybe not next year, maybe the year after, like at Madison Square Gardens. Like that would be awesome.
2: Oh, oh be yeah, a that's end. an experience.
0: Uh quick question for you guys, since we're just talking about Vegas. Do you guys think that McPhee is a good GM or do you think that the expansion rules were just so favorable that it's made him look good?
1: Oh, it's I just anyway. don't think the whole I don't think the whole NHL was really prepared for what that was like looking back, that was just craziness, just how that all went down. And mm-hmm. uh, I think any GM in that situation would have uh, done things very similar to him. I think he w- took advantage, I think he knew the rules. I think he knew the rules very well and he executed them. Uh, he's maybe not a great GM but he's really good at expansion drafts when he knows the rules.
2: Well, I think he's, I think he's a good GM. I think the rules for the the lottery were insanely stacked in their favor. And a lot of teams kind of underestimated what he was going to do. Right. And I, yeah. I think he, like, he really took, like held people ransom and his, uh, his picks like you see what he did to Anaheim and Florida and like he he destroyed those teams do you, you
0: do you think Seattle's gonna get off as lucky as Vegas did no
1: absolutely not I think the rules will be different I still think that they're gonna have a um a good time and take some good players from teams but I don't think it's gonna be as uh lucrative uh, you know as many g- good things happen for them as it did for Vegas
2: I agree I think teams aren't going to allow themselves to be pushed over quite as much as they did with Vegas I think people have really learned their lesson from that like, like going back to what he did to Anaheim and Florida like he t- he took two defensemen from Anaheim and he took two-thirds of his top line from Florida like yeah. Those teams, you can't sacrifice that, that many assets and that quality of asset just to protect one guy. No. Like at this point, I think Seattle will probably have their pick of who's unprotected, and teams will just be like, "It is what it is." It's you know, I, I'm sure there'll be some wheeling and dealing, of course, but I don't think people will be kind of like swindled quite as hard.
3: Mm-hmm, as, mm-hmm. As yeah they that's were a good with, word
1: with vegas they were definitely swindled by vegas like um pittsburgh really got swindled like can't believe that they basically paid vegas to take flurry from them
2: yeah. well and honestly that destroyed their potential dynasty if you want to call it a dynasty right where they had a string of cup wins and
0: mm-hmm.
2: they it was they gave up on the wrong guy yeah, they did. You know, Murray, they were Murray going, going to lose a goalie, mm-hmm. and they put all their money on the young young guy, and who, sh-
1: who only had one or two good years. Like he had great years, but he won them yeah. cups and and helped them win them cups. But uh, they kind of viewed him as the franchise goaltender next, and I don't think he was that.
0: Oh, they got hyped yeah. off winning cups, and yeah, you can't blame them for that.
2: No. Mm-hmm. It, I, I think they got I, I think they got caught of, up in it. Yeah.
0: They were so focused on and winning I, the Cup. Like, they okay, they just won the Cup that year. They won the Cup the year before, so they had two really long, deep playoff runs. I don't even think they really looked at the Vegas thing at the end of it. They were so focused on winning this other Cup, and when they did, they were almost like, well, whatever, it is what it is. You want Flory? Okay. Here's this.
2: Well, like, they were kind of given the option. I remember going, like going back to the trade deadline before the expansion draft that uh it was like you could trade flurry and try to you know buy yourself an extra uh, some assets back from at least and then you they're forced to take something else other than a goalie from your team or uh you have to just sacrifice flurry because everybody knew at that time everybody thought you have to protect matt murray over Flurry. Like, I remember it kind of being this unanimous thing when I don't really remember a whole lot of people picking Flurry over Murray. And... No,
1: everyone everyone was all about uh, Murray because they, back then in 2016 17, they didn't think that Flurry could get it done in the playoffs anymore. Like, they could get him to the third round, but he couldn't get them over the hump of into the finals and, and win the mm-hmm. finals. So, like, I remember, uh, I. I want to say it was the second the second run I think it was 2017 Murray was yeah. injured and Flurry got a chance again and he it like was, just yeah. got he got hot first round second round third round he was hot into the third round and he got lit up five goals I want to say in like and game the five and again. never got the net back like and to pull him from the net having one bad game like that yeah, man and then that was it after that he was gone
2: yeah, um, yeah. Like, I kind of get Bennington. Like, I, I don't want to curse yeah, Bennington yeah, in his but career, I but I get agree. vibes like a Matt Murray. Yeah, with he won Jordan a cup. Bennington.
1: He won a cup, and now he's got the money, and now it's gonna yeah. be like, uh, yeah, you're okay. He's got the
2: the young rookie miracle run. It looks awesome. He played great. To his credit, he played amazing. Oh, lights um, up. But there's just such a a lack of. Um, i'm missing the word here but it's just like you you don't have sample size it's just a lack of sample size with bennington Mm -hmm. because it was from january to june and then that's it
1: not even a full year it's it's what like
2: 40 games yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and now he's got the two-year contract which isn't super crazy bad no No, it's not bad but you know i think it's I think they just need to keep perspective that maybe before you start running around saying this is your franchise goalie like Pittsburgh did, figure out what you have and then mm-hmm. and then go on from there.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for George McPhee too is he just had so much time to scout that mm-hmm. like the like oh, no yeah. one expected William Carlson to score like he did in that first year,
2: or like Alex Tuck.
0: Yeah. He just
2: like, had... like he kind of pulled guys out of nowhere.
0: So I think like I'll give him I'll give him credit where I think he was a good GM in the sense of like well, like at the time no one was high on William Carlson right? He was like mm-hmm. he could have mm-hmm. been like well I guess I'll take this William Carlson guy if you add this, but that's what yeah. he wanted all along kind of a thing. I feel like there was definitely <laughs> exactly. a, a few of those situations where yeah. a team wasn't as high on the player as McPhee was, and he's like I'll take this guy but. The other guy over here is very tempting.
1: I know. Maybe a pick
0: or something. Because, like, they had so many draft picks. It was
1: stupid. It was. It was insane. But also, like, something uh, that I was thinking about, too, is the whole team also rallied as a, hey, my team didn't protect me. They didn't want me. I know. So, it was a bunch of these guys. They kind of rallied around that in that room. Like, my team didn't want me. With this chip on their shoulder. But this team wants me we're in vegas we are vegas we're the misfits like that's what they kind and they they really did rally oh
0: absolutely no one expected them to do nearly as good as they did
2: yeah well and like for a team like you were saying that it's been kind of just pieced together from bits and pieces from all over the league to to play together for the really the first time all together and to have that kind of bond and that chemistry Pretty special, I think. Uh, not to you know credit a tragedy, but to credit the handling of a tragedy, mm-hmm. with how Vegas handled that shooting. Oh yeah, and you know with all the names on the banners and on the boards and on the ice and like they, they is for their home opener. They did this big thing for their fans, and it really endeared not only Las Vegas as a city and as a as a fan base to their that team to make them that that's their team uh but i think it also bonded the players together as well that they they had gone through something like that and that they they did it with such grace honestly it was incredible it was beautiful
0: absolutely i got one last thing i want to talk about so we talk about gusev going to new jersey for almost nothing in the sense like picks or something right and they obviously couldn't take a contract back because of cap but my thing with Gusev is if you look at the top six forwards in Vegas being Stone, Patcheri, and Stastny, then Carlson, Smith, and Martian show. Does did Gusev have a
1: spot in the top six to start?
3: Uh,
2: probably was he s- not?
1: W- was he signed though? They didn't have money. No, that was. But let's no, say- he
2: wasn't signed. Oh, but like, if oh, he you're was just able to get a deal um, done, yeah. Let's say yeah.
1: they traded out Reeves and whoever else they needed oh, to to make okay, the spot yeah. for him did he have a top six spot? Because I think he I,
0: does no, a New Jersey.
2: I think jersey. he probably I had more he, of a top nine.
1: But he had to prove it, yeah. Like, I think he was a top nine. He wasn't a top six, but he could have maybe proved that he was a top six player, like muscle, outplayed someone, maybe? Yep,
0: okay. I, I think we're all in the same boat there. Just because of the yeah. fact he's a bit of an unproven commodity and everything.
2: Yeah, yeah just over here. Like, uh, in the KHL, he put crazy numbers up. And so there's a lot of people that are kind of thrown around the comparison that he's like Panarin 2.0. He's not Panarin yet, but the the, the chances are, like the potential is there yeah. for him to be a really really elite winger in the NHL. It would have been small, he's not super speedy, but he's got the skill.
1: It would have been cool to get him too because Pod Colson played with him for like I think 4 or 5 games at the end of the year last year. I know. Uh, it was his first shift actually was I believe it was Datsuk and and him was on was on his line and he was that was his Ridiculous. first shift in the khl for pod Cold. that would have been that would have been pretty cool i think i, re- Where did I read that? what a welcome to somewhere. the league line. yeah yeah right? <laughs> it's like, like the, the one of the hey kid we russian trust player, you one of the greatest <laughs> russian players ever and then also the leading league scorer. you're on that's your line for yeah. the first nhl or for the first khl shift
2: yeah. yeah, you get to ride shotgun with uh, Magic Man and Goose. That's pretty That's pretty sweet. That is pretty cool. Okay. I, 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 I wish the Canucks would have gone in on him too, just for the Russian factor, to be mm. honest. Like, I think um, just seeing how excited Pod Colson was about, like, other Russians in the draft, like, I think he would have been really excited to have the prospect of coming and playing with up over here. But... All
0: right, so moving oh, well. on. Vasilevsky signs a $9.5 million contract. I think the total worked with what? $54 million or something? Or...
2: It was like 76 mil for like. Oh, yeah. What am I thinking? Eight, I'm eight, eight year on. extension?
0: Yeah. 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 I'm thinking something else. Anyways. Oh, no. $9.5 <laughs> So what does he become? The third highest paid goalie? Behind. Yeah, behind Price and Bob? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So yeah. what do you guys think? I. You know what? They kind of had to, right? Like that's their guy. And what are you going to do? Not pay him? And and like, he's
1: he's he's so good.
2: He is like he's one of the premier goalies in the league. Uh, he like the the part that has me confused is like Florida. Why is the Florida s- as a state paying so much for their goalies and cap? Like you're in a tax efficient state where where players get more of their salary. And, and yet, yet they're paying, getting, they're paying nine and more than 10 million <laughs> for your goaltenders. Like, yeah, that's huge chunks of your, your overall salary cap on Bobrovsky and Vasilevsky. Well,
1: that's, that's like more than 10%. Yeah. Well, the thing
0: is, yeah. Price set the market once he signed that contract, right?
2: Yeah. So for, oh, and, you know, and, and Vasilevsky must have goal. just been rubbing his hands together when he saw oh. Bobrovsky sign his.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, exactly.
2: like, are you saying I'm that much worse than Bobrovsky? And they, obviously not. Like, <laughs> you have a 25-year-old goaltender who yeah. just won the Vezina. Like, you pay the man. Yeah. It's crazy to think that in
1: uh, 2007, uh, when Lou got the, what was it, 5-3-3, that everyone yeah. was like that's crazy you know th- think about it we're to have uh, 13 years later and it's like double yeah. So,
2: yeah but too with with louis it wasn't so much
1: oh is the term uh, is the amount of years. yeah it was
2: yeah it wasn't so much the cap as much as it was just like the 12-year deal <laughs> you know <laughs> it's which is the daunting seeing... 12-year deal which we're
0: seeing <laughs> which the we're repercussions seeing... <laughs> of now yeah. 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 So, um the interesting thing is now the highest three paid goalies all play in the Atlantic division.
1: Yeah.
2: That's yeah, that's true. I never even thought about that. Um it's and speaking of each. those
0: three goalies, since they're the highest paid, Vasi, Price, and Bob, are they the top three goalies in the league? Uh are the, I, I are the think three it, highest I, paid they're worth it.
1: They're no. the top five. They're the top five. They're the top five. Yeah. They're not the top three. Okay.
0: Who are the other two you guys got in
1: there, then?
2: Uh, i you know. put. Man, I.
1: It's so.
0: I'd put hard Rene in to... there. Wow. I, I'd, that I'm surprised about.
2: Rene, Rene. Like, last season, Rene played 56 games, so pretty heavy workload. Okay. And he. And he mustard in 9 or 0.918 save percentage. And,
1: and even though he plays on like a bottom team now, you got to put Gibbons in that conversation. Or oh. Gibbons, Gibson. Gibbons, yeah. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you got to. Gibbons, nice. Yeah. You got to put him in that conversation be, because he is incredible. He's just on a really bad team.
2: Yeah. Well, and I hope that doesn't cause people to overlook him I think he does for sure yeah like I think if if Anaheim was a playoff team Gibson wins the Vezina yeah yeah hot take but I I think that's the case and I I like you look at it's really tough to formulate a top five because you have like Marc-Andre Fleury you have Tuka Rask who played amazing in the playoffs yeah um in Rayleigh, the playoffs, it,
1: that was, it in, was the playoffs, in the playoffs. That's the he, key. His his regular season. So, well, that's the thing. Is so that that's also another thing. Is guys say, well, who's the top five? Are we talking about overall? Are we talking about playoffs? Or are we talking about regular season? Because yeah. there is three different things. Absolutely. Because in yeah. my mind, the top overall goalie last year was Tuka Rask.
2: Throughout the whole because year, because of his playoffs, yeah. And, but and, also, yeah. but he
1: had, a, he, had a, he had a he had a he had a good we won't call it great we'll call it a good regular season. Yeah. But he had a fantastic playoffs. So to me, he's number one. Then you like, you know, I would put Binnington at number three, and maybe. Uh, Just because you,
2: of his historic run. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like he 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 was really good. So. It, but it I don't still, think the thing. I know, right? Yeah. It's it's like so I think hot. the thing for Vasilevsky, Boston Vasilevsky was number two in my mind overall last year. So that's the thing, is that you, you everyone's always talking about kinda almost regular season versus playoffs,
2: but you gotta
1: kinda put them together.
0: I think you have to in your ranking.
2: You do, yeah. Well and if you're if you're looking for like oh my god, how did he get that? Vasilevsky... He's landslides doing everybody, stuff. right? Doing like he's, he's always like, got the yeah. craziest save, like the reach behind the back or the goal flexibility and doing the spit, or, yeah, yeah. Like he's crazy, and like I think there's a wow factor to that that helps his his vote.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
2: he's one of the top goaltenders. I, I don't know whether he's number one. I mean, he's a young goalie, so that helps. Like he's, yeah, he's
3: twenty-four gonna now. I
1: think he's twenty-five.
2: Twenty five,
1: like it, like, it, it, you know, you think back in years past, there's always been like a number one goalie in the NHL.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Now it's kind of like a committee.
3: It could is. be any
1: yeah. one of those guys. could be any one of those yeah. five guys every year. You know, every year you kind of knew who's going to get 40 gonna to win 50. The
2: best, no? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who,
1: who's the Yeah. Who's going to get 40 to 50 saves, or not saves, wins. Um hmm but now it's kind of up in the air. It the is. NHL is very even sometimes. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm and first... a lot of people
2: immediately. Sorry, go ahead, Nick. I
0: was just going to say I personally have six goalies, which any day of night you can interchange them and they could be the best. Yeah. And for me, that's Gibson, Rask, Flurry, Vasileski Price, and. One second drawing a blank like Bobrovsky. Here. Bobrovsky, thank you those yeah, those yeah. six basically on any given night could
1: flip my opinion on who's the top yeah yeah I, I would i would agree with that i think i found i well i think we all found the uh the single mark voter on twitter today <laughs>
2: <laughs> i know i i put out that post and i was like all right just just curious who who's the best goalie of the league? Twitter, like, let me know. I and it was, and it was common. It no,
1: no, but it was common answers. It was like Price, Pulavsky, yeah. like. There's a couple it, weird it,
2: ones, like Quick, that was, you know, yeah. which
1: without oh, Quick, you minus. know what? I, okay, sure.
2: Healthy, I have quick. time for an argument, but like on it, but like. But then I found Quick is a shell of what he used to be.
1: Yeah, but then we you found know? him. We found the Markstrom voter. <laughs>
2: I know. I was like, "It was you, wasn't it?" That, <laughs> that like, "No, I think it was Botford. I was like, "No, no, <laughs> like, no, it's not Botford. It.
1: That consistent nine 12 <laughs> safe percentage year after year has we debunked. Oh it. yeah, yeah. But you know what? If he could do that till he's forty, whole oh, now we're oh. talking. It's <laughs>
3: <That's laughs> true.
2: Talking if he's about- forty <laughs> years old, but I'm nine twelve, we'll be praising Love. him like crazy.
1: Look out! Could you imagine if he finishes his career at a nine twelve? Oh, Let's man, know. that'd be so
2: funny. That'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, nine, nine
1: one of the things that one, you talked about,
2: yeah, one of the things that you talked about, uh, Jess, is like that it's not so much just like a number one guy anymore, that there's kind of a committee. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why Tuukka Rask had such a great season last year was because they kind of split his workload with uh, Halak, and mm-hmm. Halak played well. Oh, and yeah. so that they were able to do that.
1: Yeah. Like, and see, I mentioned that in the conversation with Chris, um, mm-hmm. that I said I would really like to see five games and Markstrom play. Well, yeah, like, you know, split it like 30, you know, 30-ish to 50, you know, some, something like that, right? Like, in, mm-hmm. in that area, it's not going to be exact, but if they could do that, maybe uh, by committee, Canucks make the playoffs,
0: I think your backup goalie in today's game needs to be able to play 25 games a
2: season. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think, and Canucks, I mean, I, I would like to see Demko kind of get that opportunity right away, yeah. depending on how things are going, for him to get 25 games. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of need, a like, an elite 1A, and then you need kind of like a, a 1B goalie yeah. nowadays. Yeah. And I think, like, you look back to, like back to 2011 you had Luongo Schneider you look at some of the great teams like uh, well, Boston last year in the finals with Raskalak like y- you kind of need this you need that depth because what happens if one of your guys goes down like we've talked about before with uh, like Toronto and Montreal and teams like that if their number one goes down if Freddie Anderson and Carey Price go down mm-hmm. they've got nothing <laughs> 2014
0: Nothing. Eastern Conference Finals Montreal loses Price. Who do they throw in? Zachary Fucali.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. about that guy. Oh. He 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 played for the Manitoba Moose or not? No, not Manitoba, the Halifax Mooseheads the when um Ann mm-hmm. Dr- and um and McKinnon were on that team. Remember Even when a they went up to prospect too? He
2: well he was drafted he in
1: was. the t- first round, wasn't yeah. he? He was like 30 uh...
2: I yeah, th- don't know I'm... if it was first round. I can't remember now, but um he was he was really taught. like everybody was praising him especially around like the World Junior time cuz he was Canadian goaltender.
1: Yeah. And overall. I think we
2: kind of Oh, so he's oh, high so just outside.
1: High second, yeah.
2: But like I think people always overhype our goaltenders in Canada, like <laughs> we haven't really put out an elite goaltender from canada in oh. a little bit right like right out of juniors i mean oh yeah right like uh, like not like that the last one Connor heart, heart. Oh, okay Carter heart okay fair but but no you know, no like, like, like we'll...
1: not a first like not a solid like top 10 player like remember like a high in... draft yeah, that, yeah was like, like, that was price that was price like, then like, but even price yeah, didn't like, come into the league that hot no, I know, but no, that, think true. about the last time a goalie went in the top ten. It was probably Price. Uh, yeah. I'd
0: have to, to do some now. homework, but off the top Fleury?
2: of my head. When... Well, f- Flurry was no, before Price that. Price was what when... two thousand five. Yeah, he right? was from Crosby.
0: Flurry was Flurry was two
1: thousand and he went first overall to Pittsburgh.
2: And he went first overall.
1: Price went fifth in oh five. And f- and in yeah. oh f- um.
0: Oh, yeah, four. I think it
2: probably is Carey Price. Is a I honestly top, think it's Carey Price. Really Brazen. high top ten. Yeah. 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 Crazy.
0: I, I, I have to do some homework,
1: but I believe that is correct. just off of memory. I'm pretty sure. Top if
0: 10 there was, was another goalie that went in the top ten, he hasn't left. They busted. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, well, like, uh, what's his name? Was it Spencer Knight? Went 13th this year to yeah, yeah. Florida to Florida? Florida. It's a gamble to Florida. take Florida. a goalie that high. Well they is. the we're gonna But like dude they're gonna okay, we're gonna draft a goalie and then sign a goalie forever.
0: Uh yeah. Well they, to be they, fair, they goalies in. do take a couple of years.
1: Oh why, I yes. know, but it's just like why
0: why I like, understand that we probably know. won't
2: see Spencer Knight for like four years.
1: Yeah. Generally. But um, they could have got they could have got a better, you know, forward out of the deal instead of you know, especially knowing that they were gonna sign Bob.
0: And we they um, could've. I'm gonna open up a can of worms here because, okay. just because it, it, we're talking about goalies, the reason I don't, you don't see goalies getting picked in the top ten, in my opinion, is the same reason why there's big flipouts when you see a goalie like Vasilevsky and Bobrovsky and Price, even no matter how good they are, sign those big contracts, because yeah. they should be playing 55 out of the 82 games a year. They aren't on the well, ice every single night.
2: But there's such difference makers, right? Like, if you have a garbage goalie, you're going nowhere. Oh, trust like, me.
0: That's why Montreal right? set, set the bar with these other goalies with price, is because yeah. Montreal has been the price show for yeah. f- forever, it seems like now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. it still sucks when your $10.5 million goalie, your $10 million goalie, your $9.5 million goalie is on the bench for 25 games. Not helping mm-hmm. you helping you win those games. Playoff yeah. times, it's a different story. I get it, but that's the hard part to swallow. It's not he's not out there even for ten minutes, right? Yeah. Like he he's out there if y- your backup has crapped the bed and you're already down four one, right?
2: Yeah. That's I guess the- my argument to that would be if you if you broke it down time on ice per dollar
0: they they spend more time you, you on just,
2: ice. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of what I would I would come back with. But uh, like it's it's tough for me cuz like you look at like we were just talking about Vegas with having Flurry. If they don't end up with Flurry, are they able to do what they did? I don't think so. No. Right? Like they'd be a good team, sure, but they'd be basically like the San Jose Sharks. Right? Yep. Like strong team but like no no real elite level goaltending, yeah, you yeah. know, like, like uh, no offense to, to Jones at all, but he's just really not, not that caliber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's one of those things where you, you're kind of forced to invest like that. And I, it's almost too bad that the NHL in, at least in this way has like crunched down on the term on, on contracts. um, and I, I I think we'll probably end up seeing a lot more like signing bonuses for goaltenders, depending on what this next CBA looks like. But if it stays anything remotely like it is right now, I I'm surprised like Bobrovsky and Vasilevsky didn't sign really heavy bonus laden contracts. Yeah, and not big cap heavy contracts is what I'm trying to. say.
1: Because all the all the forwards are definitely like uh, preparing for a, a lockout where they're getting paid. Yeah, I you understand. know.
2: Yeah. That's why you're
1: also
0: seeing smaller deals like Matthews and that. They're also waiting for this TV deals and everything, right? So, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the Canucks for a little bit. I found this quote interesting last week from Rick Dollywall. His tweet says, Andy Scott, the agent for UFA, Ben Hudden. And he says, Hudden is still not signed. We will get a deal done before camp. We have had plenty of offers since July 1st. Nothing has worked so far. We will continue to be patient. So here's my question to you guys. Is it true or is it false? What do you think? Is that true that he's got a lot of offers or do you think he's just trying to like bring up some value in his player?
1: I think it's true that they have received offers. I think they've been lowballed, And they... Mm-hmm. You, you know, he wanted he wants three or four million and teams are offering him a one year, one million and he's going crap.
2: Yeah. I think he's being probably kind of like what you're saying, like show me contracts, you know? Yeah. Like one he, or two years, two million, like nothing he too flashy. W- and, he and he wants, wants three like or four. four payday. Yeah, Exactly. And uh, so I think there are probably offers or somebody people that have kind of come and kick the can a little bit. But this sounds like an agent kind of trying to fan the flames a little bit and get some more smoke going because he's watching these teams. Like, you got to think there's not a whole lot of
1: players left spots at all. out there. Oh, right? spots. Like, OK, yeah.
2: Or and players, too. But like, you know, a lot of rosters are filling up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and I th- I think you kind of have to fan some value, especially when you have a lot of teams that are starting to get crunched for cap, to try to pitch why a team needs to invest what you value your guy at uh, yeah. into into Ben Hutton.
0: I also think some teams are maybe holding off still until Jake Gardner signs.
2: Totally, I think it's oh. a, absolutely a Jake Gardner like hostage market because
0: once Jake Gardner goes. I think, we, I, I'm, unless I'm mistaken, I would say Ben Hutton is probably the best defenseman left on the UFA market.
1: Apparently he's third on the score. There's another one that's higher than him. Another defenseman? Okay. Who is it? I um, can't Do remember. You know? Okay. So
0: anyways, he's uh, right c- around come back the back to me on that. Oh, okay. I'll check okay. back in with you in a minute. But anyways, he's up and around there. So mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. I think teams are trying to lowball him because if they get him on a lowball deal, absolutely. But I'd rather not pay you three and a half, four million when I still have a possibility at Jake Gardner for
1: six. Yeah, that
0: yeah.
2: I think
1: that's what's holding it up there. Okay, I got it, boys. Okay. Uh, so it's it goes Jake Gardner and then it it actually goes Nicholas Cronwall and then Ben Hutton.
2: Wow. They got oh, Cronwall is an interesting. I uh, I never picture Cronwall leaving Detroit, so I never I never kind of a account for him he's as out a there. free agent yeah like yeah. i just think that's, he's either a red wing or he's retired so you
1: know and i would totally be okay if the canucks like sean you brought out in your article a couple weeks ago like throw a million dollars or or a seven fifty thousand at dion funus like that is not yeah. going to make your t- team worse in in my opinion if if he's uh at training camp trying to make the team
0: oh man
2: I th- I would love to see somebody just give him a chance, you know, like give him a show me. He's not going to be anybody's like, you know, answer for anything. But mm-hmm. uh, I think the guy could still probably play, and it was a an anomaly year, and can the... he's a bad player on a bad season on a bad team. <laughs> can
0: the Canucks You just give Cronwell a one by one year deal just so we can watch a bunch of hits.
2: Oh, I'd love to. See oh some man. man,
0: that's how you fill seats in in Rogers Arena. Come on. Bring Cronwall and Fenafe and let them, let the bodies of the floor. Yeah, you
1: know, you know, you know. There is one player that I would love to see Nicholas Cronwall, uh, just Cronwall him. But I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about him on the podcast anymore.
2: Okay. No, you're not.
0: Um. So while we're talking about other players not getting deals done yet, we're still waiting on Besser. News is still quiet, and I think it's in the same situation in the sense that. He's waiting for other RFAs to sign, like a marker. I think he's
1: waiting for, yeah, I think he's waiting for Kachuk to sign. Kachuk, okay.
2: Yeah, I think there's, uh, basically, I think the entire market free agent and restricted free agent are held up by Mitch Marner. Yeah. Right, like if the Mitch Marner domino falls, I think we're in for a really fun, like, second July 1st. Essentially. Right.
0: Because I still think there's a chance that Jake Garvey goes back to Toronto if the Marner deal's cheap enough.
2: I do too. Yeah. But I just what don't if, see if being cheap pulls enough. A, what if
1: Marner pulls a, we don't have a deal done by camp? Are, are 25 RFAs not signed also?
2: <laughs> no, I think there'd be a point. Like, I think there's probably a line in the sand for every agent. It's like if nothing moves on the Marner front at this point, we have to just call it.
0: Yeah, you're gonna start, and seeing, the dominoes just start to fall. You're gonna start. You're gonna see training camps start coming around, and teams are gonna start sweating to make a deal done because they don't want to start the yeah. season. They don't care if their star guys miss uh, training camp games. They might want to. And I think they like think to get a couple. From what of them, but...
1: happened last year, I care about it a bit. Oh,
2: absolutely. yeah. After yeah. the, I think after the Willie Nylander thing, P- players and teams don't want to go through this. No, like even if you listen back to any of william nylander's interviews about his experience with it he's like don't do it it was awful yeah and you know it's not fun for the player either like a lot of times we might think like "Oh, the team it's the teams on the hot seat once it gets to that point no you know it's the it's both you're right you have the team that doesn't want to lose a season of a great young player they then they have the player that doesn't want to sacrifice like salary for a season essentially plus uh, a a season in their prime where they could then use that for future contracts or um, I mean players want to win right players want to play in the NHL so I think having that kind of standoff isn't beneficial to either side so I think like you were saying Nick right around training camp both sides are going to start sweating and be like okay it's time we got to do this Mm. agreed I had a bit of a sneeze. Sorry. It's all good.
0: I
1: had
2: to turn off my mic.
0: What do you guys uh, <laughs> There's a couple rumors going around that uh, ex Canuck Chris Higgins is possibly joining the team in a management role, a player development role. What do you guys think of that if it's true? What would you, would uh, you be happy I re- with I re-
2: training role, yeah.
1: I read that on Twitter. Uh, yeah, that would be definitely. Um, I have a little story about Chris Higgins. Chris Higgins. Saw him at Quiznos one time last year. Cross. So big. you your feeling.
0: You're kind of in and out, Jess. Wanna
2: yeah, you are. Yeah.
1: But no, I was just saying that I uh, I I saw Chris Higgins last year at Quiznos when I was at lunch. So he he was a pretty cool guy. I said hey, and uh, we talked about uh, you know him playing for the Canucks for a couple minutes, and then uh, he got his sub and went on his way.
0: Cool start. I got one yeah. little Chris Higgins trivia for you guys. Okay. What round was he selected?
2: Uh, Ooh. Fifth. Dang it! I was gonna say fifth. I'm gonna say sixth.
0: He was a first round pick.
2: What? Okay. No way. Guess for Calgary? Right
0: nope. For... nope. Nope. No. Can you guess the team? Don't look it up. The, I'm giving you 30 the, seconds, so you can't. The look Islanders. Up.
2: Uh, I'm gonna say uh, Rangers.
0: Montreal Canadiens. No! Oh, I knew it! And, and guess, can you guess the pick? If you guess the pick, I'll buy you a drink next time I see you. You got between oh, 1 shoot. and 30.
2: Okay. I don't know. What uh, year? What year? What year?
0: 2002. You have 10 seconds. Don't look at okay. it. 14. Not. Dang, you took my number 12th. I guess I have to buy Sean a drink. It was 14th.
1: Oh, I knew it. Oh, uh, yeah. I was
0: like, Habs always pick in the middle of
2: the draft. <laughs> <laughs> the middle of the round. I
1: think, I think Montreal doesn't pick in the top or the bottom unless it's the year they pick a price. They always pick like 15. Always.
2: Well, yeah. Well, I was like, 15 to too rad. I'm going 14.
0: <laughs> welcome to the past 20 years of Canucks drafting. This is how it will go. You will have one pick in the 20s. You will have one pick in the top 10, and you'll have three between 10 and 20. And that cycle repeats every five
2: years. (laughs) Wow, Wow, man. Yeah, that's
0: that's crazy. um, I guess I was trying to drink for that one. That was a good guess, buddy.
2: Nice. But yeah,
0: fifth in a sixth (laughs) round? Yeah. (laughs) That made me
2: laugh. uh... I thought I I was gonna go fifth and then Jess took it so I had to guess six because I can't be the same. <laughs> oh, I, I, wish we, I thought he was I, a late round snipe. Oh,
1: well, you did those reactions. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, now I wish it had been the other way around where you you took mine in you know the the round and I took your pick.
2: <laughs> I don't. I'm okay with how it worked out. It Worked pretty good. But then you guessed the Islanders. He never ever played for the Islanders.
0: I yeah, just now I,
2: looked him up, and he's like, yeah, Montreal, I, Rangers, Flames, Panthers, Canucks, that's it.
1: Doesn't mean doesn't mean he wasn't picked by that that's team. That's true. Oh, lots
2: okay. of that's fair. fair you know, enough.
1: There's lots of players that get picked by someone and never play for them. Yeah, that's,
2: he, that's a good point. I'll give from, you that
0: one. He played from 03 to 09 in Montreal.
2: Wow. And then he went he to Calgary for two years?
0: Wow. Uh, well, he
2: went to Rangers, and then he played only 12 games in Calgary.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's
2: and then he played a part season in Florida, got traded to Vancouver, and then he spent the rest of his career with Vancouver.
0: I see. Well, that's a little bit of No, I like the addition it. of
2: Higgins. I think I think he's great. Yeah, so, I think ahead.
0: I think that'd be a great role for him. Like he's still pretty like he's not old by any means. He's 36. Like I I think he, yeah. he would he would have a lot to teach the young guys. Well,
2: the, every, he's like He's famously in shape. The dude's got a core of, like, the gods, right? So if somebody who's in that kind of physical condition is, like, training and doing all that stuff with my players, I'm I'm very happy with that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Any thoughts on it, Jess? Or was the story you had... Uh...
1: That was yeah, it was pretty much my thought. <laughs> so <it's not> a, <laughs> like I guess yeah, I, like, I hear I we don't know anything about it. I hear Chris Higgins, I'm like, oh cool, I saw that guy get a sub one time.
2: <laughs> I guess like the only thing really to counterpoint the Higgins thing is that his coaching experience is pretty thin. But like there's only one way to yeah. you know get better at coaching start or, somewhere. Um, yeah, and, player, and people who are Podcasting. like ex-NHL that's players. Right. That's where we're starting. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, but like ex-NHL players generally get a pretty good starting platform. Like they don't have to go right down to like the junior leagues and work their way up. So I'm not surprised if this ends up being the announcement. I think it's great. Uh, you know, if there was a counterpoint, that'd probably be the only one.
1: Shooting coach, that's what maybe he'll be. There you go. <laughs> okay,
0: gents. Well, I think that pretty much covers up this uh, week's news and everything. Um, any last thoughts or anything you guys would like to say here? We do have an oh, exclusive just... interview coming up right after this, so I just want to quickly get these guys' thoughts in before we move on to that.
1: Uh, yeah, I just want to say a huge thanks, Chris. Like that was that was an awesome uh, experience being on his uh, his show. It was, uh, you know, lots of fun. Um, had a listen to it today. A little choked that Nick uh, isn't very confident in my NHL skills. Thinks I only can beat rookies.
2: <laughs> um,
1: pretty devastated, actually. Let's okay. put a damper. Gotta show him with all
2: those dubs. Oh yeah! Look,
1: if you if you win the
0: tournament, you can rub it in my face for the rest of my life. So.
1: Oh, I will when I when I when I because you know what the reward is. What you is get it? an NHL experience. And you get to play NHL against your pick of a Canuck. That's pretty cool. Who Sweet. would you pick? Who would you pick? Yeah. Um I gotta say I'd pick Pederson. Really? You know, I, I gotta say, like
2: Just to hang out with Petey or because he's hang- actually good at Chell.
1: Oh, I don't know their skills at Chell. To me, I would think Jake Fertana would be the best Canuck at Chell. Probably. That's what
2: I was thinking too, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. But I think oh, I think PD would just be cool day to like hang out with them, play chill. Second second pick for me would be Bo. I'd I would want to hang out with Bo for a day. He seems like a cool dude. Who would you pick if you could
0: hang with someone for a day and play some chill on the Canucks roster?
2: Oh man. Because Petey's taken, because I I would just like to hang out with Patterson. Well, that's um, yeah,
1: that's the thing is I just want to hang out with the dude.
2: Yeah, I would say Besser because, like, I think Besser's just a really chill, chill guy. He he looks like a lot of fun. Like, if you ever watch him with with Pettersson, you could really see the, the fun, uh, kind of that side of of Besser, and I I love that.
0: Absolutely, I would go a little bit of a different route. I choose I choose Demko.
2: Oh, good pick. I think, How come?
0: Um, I, I just like goalies. I'm a huge goalie guy, so I always kind of mm-hmm. like... I would like to get to know a little bit of what it's actually like to be a pro goalie if I got to actually spend some time and talk to him.
1: And gotta, feel, be a, gotta be a bit of a head case. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> which is me.
0: And I, I feel like
1: Demko has probably played a fair amount of Chell being on the road in Utica. No, they're all... Not. Do you think they have the same policy in Utica that they have on the cons? No, No, no I don't think so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> At least no Fortnite, right? And I right? think anywhere where Line A is, they need to impose that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a
0: topic um, for a
2: whole other day. Another oh, day. day. Right. Um, for me, yeah, shout out to Chris. Thanks for having us. It was great. Uh, shout out to Matthew Zader for being our first guest, which you'll get to listen to in a little bit. Um, he's got lots of good stuff coming out, and uh, he he puts a lot of work in. So uh, I think beyond the interview, it's it's worth looking him up uh, and uh, getting familiar with his work. Um, there's there's a lot of exciting things happening uh, in the Canucks community, despite it being the dog days. Uh, it's a really supportive community. We're very appreciative of um everybody's support sharing the the podcast uh talking about it interacting with us on our uh discussions or polls or whatever we put out uh we appreciate that that keeps us going uh, i'm sure it keeps you guys going as well through uh the really really dog days of summer uh we were pretty lucky today with like the Goosev news uh today but um yeah, as things go on, we've got bigger and better things all the time that we're planning to do. Uh, actually, I got a notification during the podcast that we are now on Apple. I
3: was
2: just,
1: um, you stole my thunder!
2: So, <laughs> so, uh,
1: yes! That, <laughs> that was amazing. That was the best thing that happened on this podcast. Yes.
0: <laughs> so check us out. we had everything now. No so, excuses. There. so, like I was going to say, you can check us out on <laughs> I'm sorry Spotify, for on Google Podcasts, on iTunes, on Anchor, and a bunch of other ones. Just f- feel free to click on the Anchor link and it's going to send you to a bunch of different ones if one of the main podcast sites isn't your cup of tea. We're on plenty of them. So just feel free to click on that and you will find whatever suits your cup of tea, but um stay tuned we have an interview coming right up after this and we will see you all next week guys thank you so much
2: welcome everybody we're here with matthew zader he's a contributor for the hockey writer fan side it's the canuck way unwrapped sports and he's also the director for hockey at overtime heroics welcome matthew how's it going today
3: i'm doing good how are you
2: oh great man yeah, always good to kind of start out the week with some hockey talk, and uh, dig into all the stuff that's happening in the Canuck community, which you're extremely busy in. You got four different sites that you're writing for, <laughs> yeah, uh, and directing one of them. That's pretty heavy load. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and I got my day job as well. So uh, yeah, pretty full plate for sure. I'm on my holidays now, so <laughs> I got a lot more time do oh, nice. stuff. So yeah, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, kind of a nice
2: time, especially when the weather's good to have that holiday time kick in. And yeah. uh, with that holiday time, I've noticed that uh, you've been able to pump out a few uh, more articles as well. Uh, sure, yeah. One of which you actually dropped today on the Hockey Writers, and that was your top 10 Canucks prospects. Yes. Uh, for anybody who hasn't gotten a chance yet to take a peek into that, uh, do you want to give like a quick, quick highlight pack of of what they might have in store then there?
3: Oh, for sure. Uh, well, I mean, everyone's got to say that Quinn Hughes is, pro, is the number one prospect on the Canucks. Uh, if I didn't put him number one, I think I'd be uh, fight on Twitter. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Pretty hot yeah. take if you have him anywhere other than number one right now.
3: Yeah, for sure. And then uh, at two and three, I had Hoglander and Putt Poles, and uh, Hoglander being two. Um, I got a lot of comments about that. Uh, saying that why is he number two? Uh, he's a second-round pick, and Bob Colson was a first. So, uh, but I think Hoglander is going to turn out to be a very um, surprising player for everyone. So, um, his ha- ceiling is really high in my opinion. So, yeah, Hoglander. a love thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's nice that we kind of have almost in a sense two first-round picks this year with with Hoglander sliding uh, to us at the 40th overall spot. Sure. Uh, is is there an yeah, aspect um, of his game that you think is probably the most exciting or something that Canucks fans should be the most excited about for Nils Hoglander?
3: I'd say his hands. His hands are, pro- are probably the best in the draft or one of them. I mean, watching that video at the development camp, he's like dancing around everyone uh, during it. I mean, that's, that's not full NHL talent, mind you, but I mean, you can see his hands are just Elite. I mean, watching, gonna watch him on a line with Pedersen. That's gonna be exciting stuff. So, <laughs> I think oh, he'll probably man. fit in. I mean, he's a left winger too. So, yeah.
2: You feel, yeah, yeah. He feel Yeah, he feel a great need on that line. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> if they were able to work chemistry with him and and Pedersen and Besser for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, I like that you you kind of highlighted some of the stuff on the development camp. I, some of the videos I saw from there. Uh, his hands in tight, like he, right when it seemed oh, yeah, like he exactly. had no more room, he would just find a way to to get it onto either a forehand and backhand and and get it through. It was it was pretty incredible how he could just kind of weave his way in and it looked so effortless.
3: <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. And then yeah. I mean, his edges too. I mean, you see him kind of go back and forth there, with skating, and that's another thing that that kind of stood out for me. Um, I mean, I read the thing about he needs to fix, you know, work on his edges. I don't know. I think they're pretty good. <laughs>
2: oh, for sure. So. Yeah, if, he, if there's room to work on them, <laughs> yeah, he's going to have a great rookie season. Not quite a Petterson sure. uh caliber, probably. I don't think that's quite fair to put on anybody, but no. uh, if it's even remotely uh, like Calder- In the Calder talk at all, I think I think Canucks fans have a lot to be excited about with that.
3: Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm not expecting him to do the same thing that he did, uh, Pedersen did in his uh, second year in 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 Sweden there, but I mean, even if it's just a little bit like it, (laughs) we're going to be excited. And he wants to come over when he's when he's 20, so uh, we may see him sooner than later. So that'd be pretty exciting.
2: Absolutely, and I think the timing for that. Uh, and the timing as well for Potkholz and with his contract in the KHL, I think work really well for the Canucks, right? Like oh, with yeah. their their cap situation, they're going to be tighter and tighter against the cap. So to have these really well-developed, high-talent players come in on entry-level contracts right at that time, right. that's that's pretty special for the Canucks to look forward to.
3: Yeah, for sure. Especially with uh, Potkholz and he's going to be coming over uh, probably fully de- well, close to being fully developed to be able to just jump right into the NHL. It's like you're getting a, you know, a free agent signing, and uh, not have to pay him a lot of money. So that's going to be pretty good.
2: Exactly. Well, so many people were saying he's like a top five talent out of the last year's draft, and that he's NHL ready today because yeah. he's got that big body. He's got that style of play that would really translate well to the NHL. But now you have two more years to marinate on that. And uh, a lot of people kind of looked at that as a downside, and I think ultimately that's why he, sw- he slid, or slid all the way down to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what an asset for us just to have those two years for him to marinate.
3: Oh, yeah. Especially when he's playing in a league over there that's, you know, it's not the AHL. It's more of a, you know, it's not it's not the NHL, but he's playing against bigger players than They'll be able to develop
2: quite well over there yeah absolutely and I think a lot of people um, can overlook how how talented and how strong those leagues are overseas
3: oh, for just sure. because we don't
2: see a lot of them uh, the KHL is a good league and same with the, the SHL like both are yeah, yeah. strong mm-hmm. leagues like men's leagues so having uh, our prospects jump in like both played in those leagues last year. Yeah, just yeah. for a little bit. Uh, but having full seasons in those leagues will probably do them a lot more um, or a lot better than having them in the AHL uh, kind of playing in almost a grinder league.
3: For sure. Yeah, I mean, and the way that the AHL, I mean, you know, they've been talk about our, our farm system not being the best at developing our players, and it's better maybe to have our guys jump right into the NHL instead of having
2: to deal with it the, down there, but that's a whole new conversation. <laughs> it is, yeah. That's a big can of worms to open. It's uh, it's true. There was a lot of concern with that. Hopefully, uh, some of those concerns can be kind of laid to bed this this season and we can see some players like Cold End and Jonah Gadjevich take a bit of a step forward down there.
3: Yeah,
2: um, It's hard to adjust to a professional league, though, and I think a lot of people... Um, I think that's a little bit understated for some people is they think that you should be able to jump right from junior into an AHL uh, team roster and just be able to do what you did uh, against essentially boys before.
3: Yeah. In NHL
2: or AHL.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, AHL is, yeah, everyone kind of underestimates how hard it is to, you know, adjust from the junior leagues. Um, I mean, and that's come up with a Yulevi too. I mean, Yulevi is kind of a, you know, everyone's kind of on him for his injuries and uh, not developing as fast. But I mean, it's hard, even, and even double for a defenseman too. So, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And you don't have to give away where you have Yo levy But <laughs> what are you, what are your, kind of your takeaway thoughts for people uh, with Yo levy Do you think that he can make the roster out of camp this year, or that uh, having a little bit more time down in Utica this season, potentially for the full year or a half a year? Uh, would probably be better for him.
3: I think though, with what, what the you know the moves that uh, Benning has done with our defense, I mean with the Canuck defense, it's it's not essential that he plays uh, the, right away in the NHL. I mean, I think maybe better for him to actually be in the AHL for a bit. Uh, you know, play some big minutes down there. He was doing well to the end of the season before he got injured. Uh, I think he's just got to kind of continue that. Unless he has a really strong camp and pushes a guy like Fandenberg or Diego out out of there, I think it's better to be in the AHL. Yeah, I agree. I
2: think it's one of those things where you take um, not so much the opportunity to be in the NHL roster, uh, but you have to weigh the situations that they're going to be playing in, right? Like you have. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be the main guy for the most part down in in Utica. So having him play the big power play minutes and get used to being used in all situations can really help round out his game. Because he actually had pretty respectable numbers last yeah. season until he got hurt for the rest of the season. So hopefully if he can stay healthy, he can kind of regain that step that um, he was on last yeah.
3: year. Yeah, because he had 13 points in, in the 18 games he played there. I mean, that's pretty good for, uh, for and I think pretty sure most of those points came in uh, the low amount the games before he got hurt so mm-hmm. yeah it's going you know I, I think he just has to have the chance to build upon that and like i said in another article not to be traded uh, before that happens
2: yeah yeah i think the the split in opinion on on Yulevi and or the pressure on him comes solely from the fact that he was picked before Matthew Kachuk yes right? if,
3: yeah, and I, I
2: think if it wasn't fifth overall in 2016 and it was later on people would be ecstatic about Ole Olevy being in the system
3: yeah and I, I think that's the biggest thing I mean we've got you know everyone's got to, just got to move on from that I mean we didn't pick Kachuk and just move on. Olevy's uh, yeah. a really good prospect uh, he's going to be a really good defenseman for us I mean top four I still think he's going to be a top four defenseman um, just the way he thinks the game and with his calmness back there, um, I really kind of liken him to, to Chris Tanev with the way he, he's calm. Um, so, I mean, I think he's going to end up being a pretty good defenseman. Just got to put that out of the mind that he was, you know, we didn't pick Kachuk. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I think uh, even though we went with a positional need and you can we can all debate the pick as much as we want, I think having a defensive prospect like Yo Levy and his uh, his kind of a eventual ascension into the NHL roster and the timing of it will also work well uh, for the Canucks because again, w- when you have a cap team that's going to be entering its competitive window, every dollar counts. And if you have a guy that can potentially be a top four uh, on a cheap contract like you levy will be,
3: yeah, yeah, that
2: that bodes pretty well for the
3: Canucks. Oh, for sure, especially with the you know the defense defensemen that are coming up in the system too, like Jet Wu. Uh, Jet Woo's too going to be uh, coming up soon, and that's going to add to the depth as well.
2: Absolutely, and he kind of, I I loved Jet Wu's game last year because he he evolved. Yeah. In, yeah. His, in his draft plus one, he he added this massive offensive element to his game, and uh,
3: yeah, his, I mean, it, I think he like. He more than doubled his points.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was an enormous leap. And, I mean, a lot of that was he's playing in a junior league. But still, like, to be able to put those kind of numbers up really in any league is – you you have to take notice of that progression that he took.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And especially the way everyone's kind of saying, oh, he's not going to be a physical force in the NHL. I mean, I beg to differ. You look at a guy like uh, Matt Dumba in Minnesota – around the same size and yep. he's a physical... I mean, you describe him as a physical defenseman. I mean and Wu's the same. It's it's the mentality. I mean you can be a six seven defenseman and not be physical. I mean, you look Absolutely. at Tyler Myers, he's six what, six seven and you wouldn't really describe him as a physical defenseman. No.
2: Like he has the body and the frame to impose it, but he that's not his game, really. No, like his and right. uh, yeah, I think Jet Wu's physicality will—that's but that's just so so into him that I don't think moving into further leagues like the AHL or the NHL that that he would lose that to you, to your point. I th- I think that um, size doesn't really matter. I really like the Dumba comparison. Actually, I think I think that's pretty much right where uh, expectations should kind of be for uh, projections for. Jet Woo. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's great. Any team would be thrilled to add a Matt Dumba-type player, and so it's great to have somebody like that in our pipeline.
3: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And another guy that was in the second round. Not, uh, I think he was projected to be in the late first round too. So we kind of got not lucky there too. That's
2: that's very true. Yeah, because he uh, he ended up going 37th, so just kind of slipped into the second round. Uh, yeah, we've yeah, had yeah. a lot of luck just being in that early second round and letting <laughs> things slide to us. Uh, yeah. the Canucks made a lot of changes uh, over the summer, kind of did a, a huge overhaul, at least on the blue line, added some more pieces, especially to uh, top six roles. What do you think of uh, Jim Benning's body of work through kind of the draft up till now?
3: I mean, I like I said in the round table, it's, it's... – it's pretty much, I haven't been, I've been happy probably for the first time in a long time for it, with his uh, July 1st moves and his uh, trades that he's made. I mean, I like the JT Miller trade. I mean, he's a legit top six forward. Um, he can play center, which is great too, because he can play and kind of take the weight off for that as well. I mean, and then you look mm-hmm. at a guy like, you know, Tyler Myers and uh, Jamie Ben. I'm not Jimmy Ben. <laughs> be I know I do Jimmy that too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's gonna take a lot to get used to the same Jordy. Jordy. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, like Jordy Ben. I mean, he's gonna. I think he's gonna add a lot of grit to the back end as well. So. Yeah. so yeah. Pretty big moves. I think I'm pretty happy overall. And then Furland uh, <laughs> With that, I mean, I think Ferland's probably the most important forward uh, acquisition, especially for protecting uh, Patterson.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think uh, I think this is one of those summers for the first time in a long time where we can kind of see a vision forming. Yeah, right? I like, agree. Yeah. This is the style of play that we want to play. Um, I think a lot of it, honestly, like a lot of these signings were uh, born an idea right after the Matheson hit, or right around that time. And, yeah, yeah. You know, we've we had... Players in our in our lineup at the time that were supposed to hold this this role of like bodyguards, right?
3: Yeah.
2: And it just didn't seem There there's so many excuses, right? It was oh I didn't see it, oh, oh I wasn't right. on the ice at the time, yeah. Or, oh, I you know I I, I didn't I'm think sorry. it was that bad, or yeah I got the first part. But I think with the I mean, like, acquisitions, like stuff? you said, yeah, with with Furlan, with Miller, team. with Ben, like called. I think those guys aren't going to allow
0: you want to go on,
2: anybody to kind of take exception to any of our guys, especially, you know, we have small guys in Pedersen and Hughes. Um, even Besser had that Clutterbuck injury yeah,
0: yeah. in his
2: rookie season, and it just doesn't seem to be anybody answering the bell. And I think this year the Canucks said, okay, message to the league, we're not to be pushed around anymore.
3: Yeah, and I think I agree. that's something
2: to be really excited about.
3: I think the biggest thing too is that is adding a guy like Ferland is. I mean, he's a skill guy too. He's not just going to be a bodyguard out there. I mean, teams are going to have to take notice for him offensively too. So it's not just the fact that he's a you know a goon out there. He's he's actually mm-hmm. skilled. So that adds another element to Pedersen's line that he didn't have—a um, physical guy that can you know draw people to him as well. So.
2: Well, exactly. Yeah, it's not like you're adding Milan Lucic to your to your roster where you have the imposing body, but not really any of the play to back it yeah, up. For sure, yeah. <laughs> like, like, Berlin put up 40 points last year. Like, that's yeah, that's yeah. more than respectable. And I think, to your point, if you have him on the top line with, with Pedersen and Besser, you have an element that that line was kind of
3: lacking. Yeah, right? I agree. You have that guy to make space. Yeah, I think it, that was the biggest missing part of that line for sure. And Ferland's going to be—I mean, he may not play there all year, but I mean, even a guy I mean, even a guy like JT Miller on that line will, you know, will change it.
2: Yeah, I think it gives Travis Green for the first time in his coaching tenure options, real yeah, options.
3: I agree. Yeah,
2: and uh, so with kind of the log jam of forwards up front right now, <laughs> do you think there's room for a Nikolai Goldobin?
3: I mean, Goldovan's kind of a—he has to be in the top six, unfortunately, because the fact is he's—he's he's more that skill guy. He's not physical, um, not really good defensively, so he can't really play in the bottom two lines effectively. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think in the end we gotta maybe uh, trade him to try to get something, maybe even a pick. So I. Uh, I think he doesn't really have room on the team. I wish he did because I still think he's a skilled forward. It's just he doesn't have enough to to play in that in a role other than scoring line.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think just because he's so weak uh, defensively in his defensive aspects, you can't really put him in a bottom six unless you're trying to run like a top nine like, three offensive lines. But even then, you know, I, th- I think you got guys like Levo and and Berchi, uh, guys that could kind of fill that role on the left side. Yeah. It's crazy because there's so many bodies right now that it's kind of hard to make sense of what's going to happen. <laughs>
3: yeah, for uh,
2: sure. I... Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
2: so with that, do you have kind of a mentally penned in what your top 2 lines would be like your general idea of that
3: I do yeah basically the way i see it is that it's it's Berland, uh Patterson investor top line um Horvat uh, JT Miller and i mean i'm kind of with, with Tanner Pearson being in there just because he showed some chemistry with uh with Horvat there but i mean Berchi could fit in there as well It'll all depend on training camp. I think. I think that right side on Besser's line, i not Besser's line. Uh, Horvat's line is actually open, but I think Pearson will probably take it.
2: Yeah, I think. I think right along the same lines. Actually, I, I loved the chemistry with Pearson, um, with Horvat, and I think having JT Miller on that would make that a really bulky line. So, yeah, lots of options for for Travis Green. Uh, going into next season and uh, of course lots of optimism around the work of Jim Benning this off season, and of course the, the Canucks season ahead We're including all the prospects that I'm sure being a hockey crazy market as Vancouver is everybody's going to be very focused on what's happening overseas with guys like Hoglander yeah. and Pod Colson uh, it was awesome having you stop by with us Matt uh, is there anything oh, yeah, was... kind of upcoming that you wanted to uh, say in conclusion here?
3: Oh, it's great. Um, you know, Stay tuned for the second half of my the uh, the draft or the, uh, prospects article and go through 11 to 20. And I also got the most underrated uh, Canucks on the roster right now coming up at Canuck Way as well. So uh, stay tuned for those too.
2: Awesome. Yeah, lots of quality stuff coming out from Matthew Zader. Uh, keep an eye out for him. Uh, at SwaggyCanuckMZ. On Twitter, give him a follow, and uh, yeah, keep a lookout for any work that he has dropping on any of his four sites that he's working <laughs> on. Uh, busy guy, and with the time off, I'm sure it's it's not really time off. It's just going to be re, reassigned to uh, to providing more and more content as we get through the dog days of summer. Awesome! Yeah. Thanks so much.
3: Uh, All right, yeah, it was great. To have, it was great being on the show.
0: Hockey Podcast. Hope to see you all next week. Till then, farewell.